Hey, hey, you are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Brown. Today is episode number 49, How to Heal and Deal with Emotional Triggers. Before I started recording, I jumped over to Google and typed in emotional triggers. And here is the first definition that I came across. A trigger is something that sets off a memory tape or flashback, transporting the person back to the event of his or her original trauma. Triggers are very personal. Different things trigger different people. He or she will react to this flashback trigger with an emotional intensity to that at the time of the trauma. I also came up with my own definition, and that is triggers are unconscious, intense, emotional reactions to a perceived threat based on a similar situation of the person's past. And the short version is an intense or excessive emotional reaction. We can tell that we are triggered when we attack somebody out of the blue, something they said or an action they did. We vehemently defend, we run away, or we become insulting or highly argumentative. But the number one key in this, because you guys might be thinking, well, I know a lot of people like this. (laughs) They're like that all the time. But the key is, is that they're, they're spaced between, this is not the person's normal method of operation, and the reaction is often out of the blue and it's disproportionate to the situation. Here's a quick story, an example of what an emotional trigger can look like. So there's this husband and this wife, and the husband got out of bed one morning, and he was making his way to the door, and the wife said, hey, where are you going? He said, I'm going to go wake up our daughter to get ready for school. And she said, oh, it's only 6.50. We have 10 more minutes, so we have to get her up. Why don't you come back and cuddle with me? And he whipped around, and he started screaming at her. And she was like, whoa, I did not need to be screamed at because I asked you to cuddle. It was a very intense and very disproportionate reaction to a smiley wife laying in bed saying, come back and cuddle with me for 10 minutes, which, you know, most men would probably really like that. (laughs) But upon further investigation, because of course they had a conversation about this, and what they figured out was that as a youth, every decision that the man had made for himself was questioned by his mother. So his wife question when he was headed to do something and even though it was a very benign and sweet question it triggered him it was back into I'm driven I'm starting my day I'm doing my thing I'm on my own schedule and my own steam and someone's trying to stop me and that threw him back into somewhere in his psyche that happening and he had an intense reaction back Now, he ended up having to have those type of reactions with his mother because he wanted to be in control of his own life and she kept trying to control him as life was going on. So the bottom line is the wife asking to cuddle didn't warrant such a harsh response like that. The reaction was absolutely disproportionate to the situation. The husband still had the right to say no. It's very important that I tell you this. It's not our choice that matters. It's not whether he wanted or did not want to come back and cuddle with her. He has the right to say no. It was the boom punch response to the question that is harmful to the relationship. 
A healthy response would have been something like, oh, thanks, honey, but I really like to get my day going. So let's talk about how we heal emotional triggers. I made a list of four things. Number one, own your reaction. Take responsibility for the fact that you overreacted to a situation and apologize if you have offended or hurt another person with your overreaction. Now, sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's just fear and we're scared, but sometimes we do attack back. And if you have attacked somebody with your your words, it is very important that you own that you attack those words because like I've mentioned in in other episodes, ownership almost diffuses a, a situation immediately. As soon as we're like, whoa, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. Working on that situation and that is me. That can tend to diffuse the situation. It's when we want to argue our position, what causes the problem, because there is a truth involved. There is a what really happened here involved. And, you know, we're pretty smart species. We're not dumb. We kind of know what happened. And if someone's defending against something that happened, when it really is their responsibility, the other person most likely is going to go up against that because they're, they know the other person is wrong. They know that was the dysfunctional thing that happened in that moment. So number two, locate your perceived threat slash hot button. So in that situation, his perceived threat was, I'm not allowed to make my own decisions. Or my wife won't allow me to make my own decisions. And number three is investigate the threat. Is this threat valid? Is it true? In this particular story, no. His wife always allowed him to make his own decisions. In fact, opposingly, she was very supportive of him making his own decisions and her not having to make him for him. So the perceived threat was completely not even there. There was nothing that had happened. It was all an illusion based on a situation of his past. And number four is to heal the hot button. Now we have this little trigger place, what what I often interchange is called the hot button. And it is our responsibility as an empowered person to heal our percent of the dysfunction of the relationship. Now it's not that the other person touches our hot button. It's not. It is the fact that we have one. People love to say, pop culture love to say, oh, they know how to touch my buttons. You know what? You have the button in the first place. It is That is saying it's the other person's fault, that the other person has to take responsibility. Oh, they know how to touch my buttons. No, I have a button and my button is being touched. My button is a place in me that I react harshly or I freak out, go crazy, that is mine to heal. When we heal the button, the reaction will stop happening. Here's the deal, guys. Do you really want somebody that feels like they have to tiptoe around you? It's a lot of work for people to have to navigate and tiptoe around you. Isn't it nice when you can just be yourself around somebody and you don't have to formulate and devise some plan when you're around that person. It is for me. So if we have these buttons, we are forcing our partners to tiptoe around us because they're, you know, I can imagine that wife was like, damn, I'm never going to ask my husband to cuddle again. Initially, that's probably what, what she thought because it's like, 
Well, I'm going to get, I asked to cuddle, he screams at me. So you can see where that's going to be a problem later in the future where people are going to feel like they have to tiptoe around you. That's not fun, you guys. That's a lot of work to be with you. Do you want, I don't want someone, I don't want to be the person that's a lot of work to be with. I want people to say it's so easy to be with Kristen. Well, it's easy when we heal our stuff and we don't have this crazy reactions to people. That's why it's really important to heal your hot buttons, figure out your triggers and get working on them. Now, there are several ways that we can heal our triggers. We can do this by repeating mantras. I Let's say I'm going to go back to this original story. I am in control of my thoughts and feelings. I get to make my own choices. I inevitably am the boss of my life. When we can, let's say that man repeatedly said that to himself, he would start to heal the fact that he feels he needs to defend against his choices and decisions. He won't have to feel that way anymore because he's actually giving himself permission to make his own choices and decisions. He's not trying to please anybody else. He knows that he is in charge of his own life and he gets to make those choices and decisions. We can also do it by meditation. Meditation, you guys, I love meditation. Meditation is one of the greatest emotional cures. It really is because it slows down our responses and reactions. We become more of an observer in life rather than the judge and jury. We see things clearer and we're more in touch with our God self. It's super important. You know, I sound like I'm preaching here, but I kind of am. So yeah, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Meditate y'all. Meditation, no matter what, no matter you got a trigger or not, Meditation is so majorly important. And the other thing is if your trigger is really deep or rooted to a very, very strong trauma, kind of a harsh trauma, then you'd probably need specialized coaching or training. And that's okay if you do, because yay you for recognizing that you have a trauma. Yay you for looking to heal it. I am I just want to do a round of applause and a high five and a standing ovation every time somebody takes responsibility for themselves, even though something happened in their past that they weren't, uh, that they couldn't help or they were victims of in the past. They're no longer victims and they are choosing healing. And I really give anybody a high five, standing ovation, round of applause for anybody that says, no more, I'm not going to be a victim of this tragedy or trauma that happened in my past. Quick recap, we are responsible for our own dysfunctional relationship behavior. If we are being triggered and it is hurting our relationship, it is our responsibility to heal it. Okay, I want to jump over to the opposing side of this. What happens when we are dealing with somebody else's triggers? So somebody is reacting and responding to us. We are the one that is inadvertently touching their hot button. This is not fun. I've been on the receiving end of this. And let me tell you something, it can be, it can be quite crazy because you're going about life and all of a sudden, wham, you get slapped in the face because something got triggered in your person or someone that you love. It's not fun, you guys. I'm going to validate that in you. Yes, I know it's not a good time, but guess what? We love our people, right? The reason why you're listening to this is because you want for healing. You love your person and you want to make this relationship work. Well, guess what? Then you have a little work to do too. It's always takes two to make a relationship. So number one, do not let 
the situation go unnoticed or not talked about. A lot of people like to ignore things or avoid confrontation and sweep things under the rug. And I'm going to tell you that might feel good short term. Let's just ignore it. Let's just act like that didn't happen. But you will perpetuate this behavior in the long run. And eventually it could end in relationship demise. This is something that is destructive. It is dysfunctional. It can hurt your relationship. Now, of course, if you're in a situation, you know, that it's super public and there's something happening, it's just not the appropriate time. Yeah, you can kind of put that aside. But it's really uber important that this get brought to the forefront and talked about. It doesn't matter if the trigger happens 40 times or 50 times. It is important that it gets spoken about each time because the more awareness that is brought to this situation, the more it is moves from unconscious into consciousness, the quicker it will heal. The second thing I want to talk to you about is to take care of your heart in all of this. Your heart matters too. Yes, I know you're trying to help your, your partner heal their situation, but that doesn't mean you get to be the whipping post. Oh, hell no. We are never anybody's whipping post. I am here for you. I will listen to you. We can talk about this, but I am not your whipping post. People can be emotionally toxic when they are triggered and they can, their attack can cut pretty badly sometimes. So I want you to understand a couple things. Number one, it's not about you. Like I said in the original definition, it is personal to the person. You just happen to be the person holding the finger that pushed the button. This is not personal to you. And when we can really separate ourselves from the personalness of this, like they're attacking me. No, they're just attacking. It's like they have a blindfold on and they're just wildly swinging their sword and club out there trying to feel safe, okay? It's not personal to you, even though it might have been your thing that triggered it. Remember, you are triggering an old memory or situation from the person's past. And even though you can understand, there's going to be a fine line here between understanding and coddling or enabling, Okay, we can understand something, but that doesn't mean we enable it and say it's okay. Set appropriate boundaries if needed. If you need to take a break from that person, if you need to see a shift in their mood before you will engage with them again, whatever your boundary might be, know that you, you have the right not to be attacked by somebody. And a boundary is appropriate. It's about being understanding, but not being accepting of being attacked or yelled at for no reason. The next thing I want to talk to you guys about is helping them find help. Once we set boundaries with people, that usually gives them the motivation to want to change because they realize they're not getting away with this. And I've had people actually <laughs> say that to me. They tried to, to look at my boundaries as I was a bad thing. Well, I've never had anybody say this to me or anybody like I was wrong. And I said, well, I'm sorry that you were around disempowered people back in the day, but I am not going to sit here and be attacked by you. So holding your line is most likely going to motivate your person to get help. Help them get help. All right. Be in this with them. Understand that this is, this is something that happened to them. And this is an, this is a, defense response and coping mechanism that happened with them was something that from their past help your person if you love your person help them help them find help help them talk through their stuff you know your love and compassion could be the very thing that your person needs to heal from this 
You might be the first person that's ever brought it up to them, the first time that they've ever had to recognize their own behavior. It could get rocky, but it's super important. And healing these triggers, they're actually healing a wound of the past, which will then stop showing up in other ways in your relationship as well. So you will win on the other side of your person's healing. I sincerely hope this episode helped put some clarity around what emotional triggers are and how to heal them. Or perhaps it gave you some insight into what might be happening when you or your person is reacting in an excessive way to something that is non-threatening in nature. You guys can thank me by sharing this podcast with someone you love and jumping over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star rating and review. If you're on the podcast app, I believe you can scroll down after each episode and it'll be a little button that says leave a review. Your review actually helps me because it makes this podcast relevant and easier for keyword searches to identify. So you're actually doing me a great favor by leaving me a review. It would be an awesome thank you. Until next time, everyone, remember you are love and you are loved.